0: Hey everybody, praise the Lord, another beautiful day that the Lord has made, let us be glad and rejoice in it, um, I know it's been a little while, I uh, had that tent revival going on and everything and and I was in that every night and, uh, and stuff, so it's kind of hard to do a video when, you know, when you're in church every night, but, and then last week was kind of busy and everything and, mm-hmm. um, and all, but I'll be back on here uh, once a week now, two times a week whenever I can, but um and you see the title tonight is "Be Found of Him Without Spot or blemish. is the title tonight, and uh, it's kind of based on the end times, based on the times that we're living in right now. And if you turn in, turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles tonight, uh, turn in to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, and I'm going to read verse 24. But um, you know, we, you know, you see all kinds of crazy things happening out there in the world, and all kinds of uh, Teachings happening, and people telling this, and people telling that, and just a lot of crazy stuff's been going on the past few years. Whether you, you know, if you happen to realize it and see it, all these things, you know, and it can be kind of confusing, especially to a lot of people, you know, that doesn't know the word, doesn't know the you know the word of God like they should. Um, a lot of Christians falling for a lot of false teachings and different things and stuff that that's happening in the world today, and it's being told, you know. On, um, not just on the regular news channel and stuff like that but also being taught by people that's getting on YouTube and different things and telling things that's not really uh, true you know if you know the Word of God and know how to to decipher the things that's out there and you can see what's happening in the world today this point should be pointing us to looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ any day now you know and and, um, because there's things that's, that's taking place and things that's happening that's setting up the time of the tri- of the great tribulation and the time of the antichrist and all that and the the end time um, the last uh, the last continent or last world power that's supposed to come into play in the last days is right ahead of us and just around the corner everything but here in Luke chapter 21 verse 24 it says and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down. Of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Let's pray before I get started into this. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to get on Facebook, Lord Jesus, and to to teach Your Word, Lord, and to um, to tell Lord what You put on my what You put on my heart, Lord God, and ask You, Jesus, to use me as Your vessel tonight. Speak through me, Lord. Let these words be Your words, not mine, Lord God, that it go forth and help each and every one of us in our walk with You, Lord Jesus. And God, I thank you for it and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, God. Amen. See, the thing it says here is, is that the, the Israelites or Jerusalem be trodden down by the Gentiles and that they be taken unto all nations for a period of time. But if you catch the last part of this verse here, it says, Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now the times that we're in right now is the times of the Gentiles. We're in the Church Age, the dispensation of the Church Age, and um, at the end of the Church Age is when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, and that's what we're. That's the what the day that we are approaching very, very rapidly and very fast right now is the time. That's the fulfillment of the Gentiles. Because what happens after that is God turns back to Jerusalem for seven years for the seven-year tribulation, the great tribulation. See, the time of the great tribulation is for the Jews, is for Jerusalem, is for, for the people that, that forsook God back when He came to the earth. And the time of the Gentiles came into, came into being and the church age started when Jesus died on the cross. And he, when He come back out of the grave and He ascended into heaven, the time of the Gentiles began then. The church age started at that time. And it's been going on for all these years up until this time that we're in right now, which we are looking very close to the, to God wrapping up the church age up and turning from the Gentiles or from the church age back to Jerusalem, back to the Jews. Now when that happens, the, the things that's going to take place when that happens is what this is what I'm going into tonight a little bit. But I'm also telling you how to get prepared for this and what we should be doing as a church and as, as a Christian and as, God, as you know, the children of the Lord. Um, we don't need to be looking towards things that you know like trying to gain riches or looking for the world to get better, looking for the economy to come back and to bounce back and everything get good. Because if you look out there and you open up your eyes and really pay close attention and look and see what's happening, the to recover back from what we're at right now, back to what it was ten years ago and even five years ago. It would it would take a literal move of God, a miracle power, a miracle from God to take and bounce us back, bounce the economy back. I mean, open your eyes up and look and see what's happening out there. We've got companies shutting down all over the place. Things are getting bad. The banks are closing down, being taken over by the government. It's going to get to the point to where, Our money is going to to be bad. I mean, the financial problem that's fixing to hit this nation, and hit not just this nation, but the entire world, is really going to throw everything into chaos. And it's going to cause a lot of bad things to happen. There's a war that hasn't taken place yet, that was prophesied by Ezekiel in chapters 38 and 39, that's got to take place yet. And the nations that's going to be involved in that are coming down to invade Israel. And the reason why is as God puts a hook in their jaw and pulls them down in there, but the, what's going to happen is the way the economy is going right now and the things that's taking place and happening over there is literally laying the table out for this to take place and for this to happen because the world the world is hurting right now, and it's not just this nation. You know, you look at what's going on in the nation and you think, well, you know, it's just the United States. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll bounce back from that. No, this is affecting everything worldwide, China, Russia, uh, Iran, Persia, Ethiopia, Iraq, I mean just the whole world, the whole economy, the South American and North America, Canada, everywhere, the whole world, worldwide is being affected by this and it's going to lead to to a a very severe uh, problem with one thing with uh, food, food shortage, Um, they're trying to uh, stop all these different things, it's just you gotta pay real close attention to what's going on out there to see that it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all for the world. But we, as Christians, should be looking to God and looking for Him to return. Looking towards the, towards the eastern sky and watching. Because the Bible says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, and I'm getting ahead of myself, and when you see these things come to pass, beginning to come to pass, not come to pass, but when you see them beginning to come to pass, to lift up your heads, look up, because your redemption draweth nigh. And but the time of the Gentiles is fixed to be fulfilled, and when that happens, God's going to turn back to Jerusalem and back to the Jews, back to the Jewish people, the children of Israel, and begin to deal with them for that last seven years. But turning over to Second Peter chapter 3, three, Second Peter chapter three, you see something that that we have a problem with is there's a lot of people out there that don't want to tell the truth, and a lot of those people don't know the truth. A lot of them. A lot of them are in it for the money, and a lot of them's in it for self for self gain, and for you know. And some people would get upset if they heard me say that, but it's the truth. It's the honest to God's truth. A, a, a man of God that knows the Word of God should be warning people what's coming and telling them what, how to prepare and how to get ready spiritual wise. Because look, it's not a matter of being ready and prepared. In, in your flesh like storing up your your store you know your storehouse and storing up food in your house getting ready having your cabinets full, filled up enough to last you for seven years or whatever no you need to be ready spiritually above all above anything seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things should be added unto you god already knows what you're in need of but he wants you to to seek after him and to draw draw out to him get as close as you can to him you see, don't pay attention to these preachers out there. It's telling you to send them all your money, so then that way you can be blessed and you can be financially blessed. You'll get riches and all this stuff, and get you know, and, and uh, all these different things. You send me, um, you send me money. And God will bless you and increase your money or whatever. No, you need to put you need to put your money in the storehouse, but you need to put it in a storehouse or a church of God that is using that money for God and not using it for self gain. You know, for gold spigots, gold faucets in their house, or whatever, and um, you know, and trying to decorate their own house and their own bodies, their own life, you know, and and gaining money from you to get rich themselves. No, see, they get, they need to be using the money for what it's supposed to be used for, which is is to increase the kingdom of God, is to take care of the people in need, take care of the widows, take care of the the people that's hungry and that's out there, that's homeless and different things. That's what God's money is supposed to be used for, is to help people and to bring people in to. to Increase the kingdom of God to feed the poor, to feed the people that that can't feed themselves because, you know, the hard times or hardships or whatever the case may be. Not to sit here and put a gold chain around your neck and wear these thousand dollar suits or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be to live in the the biggest house that you can possibly have and to try to beat your neighbor down the street with a bigger house than what he's got. You know, preachers uh, buying jets to fly, you know, I don't know, that's, you know, it's bad. It's wrong. It, you know, God's, it's God's money. They're throwing God's money out around just plundering it everywhere and doing their own things that they want to do with it. And that's a whole other story there. But look, the Bible says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. That's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. That's the last days. That's the time we're living in right now. The last days. That in these last days, there shall be scoffers walking after their own lust, seeking things to try to build their own self up, try to uh, get all these things that they want, all these things that, you know, their self-desires. Instead of doing what God desires of them, getting out there and warning people what's coming, tell them to be prepared, tell them to get their house in order and get ready, not get their physical house in order, but their spiritual house in order, and get ready, get prepared, because they don't want to be left here and left behind and left to have to deal with what's coming. You see, we need to be prepared and be ready and that I mean, you could you could lay your head down the night on your pillow and not wake up in the morning. Instead, you wake up standing over an eternity. Where are you going to be at? Where are you going to line up? Where are you going to line up to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, or are you going to be cast down into hell because you wasn't being obedient to God? You see, people don't want to preach on hell anymore because they lose half their congregation because they'd be scared to death. But they need to warn these people where they're headed to if they don't get right, if they don't get their spirit right, and if they aren't prayed up and ready to go and be, be ready for when God does come, that they won't be left here, that they won't end up in the devil's hell. See, hell wasn't created for man, hell, hell was created for the devil and his angels, but man chooses to go there. You see, preachers fail to preach that anymore, they fail to warn people, look, you need to get your house in order to get your life right. You need to get prayed up, you need to seek God, you need to, to get yourself ready and get prepared, and make sure your garments are white, and getting ready and make sure that whenever you call when your number is called and you step out of this life and you stand before the one that can cast your body into hell or that can put, put you in a he- and let you go into heaven you need to be ready that when you stand before him he'll say to you well done my good and faithful servant enter you into the to your rest enter into heaven enter into my kingdom but you see they would rather tell you that you're blessed, rather tell you that that if you send them the money, God's going to bless you. God's going to help you. God's going to, you know, do this for you, do that for you. But you don't have. To, all you have to do is just come in and sit and listen to what I have to say. Put your money in the offering. Go home. Everything's good, you know. But no, you need to you need to make sure your heart's right. The preaching of the word of God should come from the pulpit and go forth with that anointed that anointing power. Go forth to break the yoke and to convict, convict people's hearts. If you're sitting in a ministry that the, that the minister is not that's not touching you in here and and dealing with you you spiritually, dealing with your heart. Come on, something's wrong. It should be an anointing coming from that pulpit, reaching forth, convicting hearts and convicting lies and telling people the things they're doing wrong in their life. And if they're not right, they're where they hit the altar. It should have the anointing power of God coming from the pulpit. But you see, these same guys, the scoffers that it speaks of here is saying... Where is the promise of his coming? You know, where is this promise? We've seen, we've been reading the word all these years, but we still haven't seen the promise. We still haven't seen this. And then they'll say, for since the fathers were, sli- fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You see, they're saying that God ain't coming today. God ain't coming yet. It's still, it's still got years to go yet. We're still looking way towards the future because everything that he said is, is, is still the same. But you see, they're blinded. They, got, they can't see what's going on. They can't see that we're getting closer and closer to the time of the coming Lord. You see, back in 1948, when Jeru- Israel became a nation again, you see, remember what I was reading a few minutes ago? It said there in Luke, it said that that trodden of the Gentiles until... the until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled, right? It says that, the, that Jerusalem would be trod into the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. But all the Jerusalem, all the Jews, all the children of Israel will be scattered amongst the nations. But you see back in 1948, Israel became a nation again. Okay, When they became a nation again, what does that mean? That means the Gentiles were no longer trodding that land. Okay, because it was given back to Jerusalem it was given back to the Jews back to the children of Israel so now when that happened now they became a nation again Okay, and then it says right after that when you see these things begin to come to pass then look up because your your redemption is drawing nigh it was speaking about the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled that Israel no longer being trodden down by the Gentiles but now becoming a nation again that's what that was referring to But you see, these people say, you know, everything's still the same. Everything's just like it was. Nothing's changed. But they fail to realize the small little nuggets in the Word of God. It says, for this they willingly are ignorant. See, they're willingly ignorant that by the Word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water and so on and so forth. It talks about they're willingly ignorant of the fact of what the Word of God is saying. In other words, they won't read that and see that. They they choose not to see it. They're willingly ignorant. Ignorant of it, willingly not wanting to see. Okay, and then it says, over here in verses 8 and 9, it says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is as a thousand years, and as a thousand years is one day. See, that's the key that God is saying here, that one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Right? So He's telling you that, basically God is telling you that, to me, one thousand years of your time Of earth time is only one day in my eyes, so to say that we're living in the last days, I say we're living in the last day, God's day, meaning wrapping this fixing to wrap this thing up, looking at it as being six thousand years since Adam was placed in the garden in the garden, okay, being six thousand years from that point, we're approaching that last hour of this time that we're living in to, to where God's fixing to turn from the Gentiles and turn back to Israel, back to Jerusalem. But you see, I want you to catch this next verse where it's saying, where's the promise, all right? These, pe- these people saying, well, where is the promise? You know, all these things are happening. Everything's still going on. When we see all the bad things happening, God, God hasn't come down here and stopped this from happening yet. God is still letting this go on, still letting that go on. You know, where is this promise that you guys are speaking of? But it says here in verse 9, it says, "...the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." It could be one person that He's waiting on to turn to Him. One person that He's waiting on, that He's dealing with their heart to turn to Him. You see, he's long suffering that not one should perish, that not anybody should perish, that all should turn to him and say, God forgive me, and Lord accept me into your kingdom, Lord, change my life, come in and make me different. But he's waiting he could be waiting on that one person to say to come to him. Long suffering that none should perish. You know how many of us have loved ones out there that needs to turn to God? That needs to turn and say and turn and turn to God and say, God forgive me. And change me and change my life. How many of us have loved ones that need to do that? How many of us have loved ones that we're praying for that got to deal with them and that got to change their heart? They got to turn them around. They got to set them back set them back into his house and bring them back in and save them. You know? Think about that. But these people, they, they're looking for self-gain. They're, a lot of them don't even care about their own kids, if you really want to know the truth about it. If they really cared about their own kids, they'd be telling the truth, they'd be telling people to get ready, telling people to repent, telling people, instead of telling them, you best live your best life now, there ain't living no best life now. I mean, open your eyes up and see that there's no living your best life now. How could you possibly live your best life now? You know, one day people's going to be starving because there's not going to be enough food to feed the amount of people that's on the world right now because of what's happening, because of what people's doing to this nation and doing to the, to the food, doing to, to everything out there. It's getting bad. It's getting horrible. And, you know, it's really upsetting seeing how they're, how they're doing this too because they don't care. But then to see the people that, that's not warning people and telling them, get your house in order, get ready. Get ready because God's fixing to wrap this thing up. Come on, be praying up, be prayed up, be ready to go. But, but you need to be living your life to what others will see God through you that'll help them because some people may be looking for people that's living in the truth, looking for people that's, that's doing the way they should be doing Looking for people that's actually getting out there and telling people, look, Jesus is fixing to come back. You need to be ready. He's fixing to he's fixing to step out on the cloud and call His church home. You need to be ready. As, come on, first Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen through eighteen is fixing to happen. We're getting close to that. We're about to see it, and we need to be ready and be prepared for it. And turn over to Luke chapter twenty-one. Luke chapter twenty one verses. 25 and 26 it says in there you see you could you could look and see what's happening in the world today right you can look and see all these different things but it says here and there shall be signs in verse 25 and there so, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon the sun right now is kicking off solar flares left and right the phone the phone problem um you could be sitting there talking on the phone all of a sudden your phone just drops service drop signal drop a call or whatever you could be you could have the best phone out there that they have to offer but because of the sun flare activity that's going on and that's hitting the electromagnetic field of the earth it's causing problems in, in, in greater measure than what any of us even know because for one thing they won't tell you the truth of what's going on because they don't want you to know these things and i'm talking about the news whenever i say that but you see there's things and that's happening out there Beyond the beyond the atmosphere that we can't see with our that, with our own eyes that they see with the telescopes and everything that they that they fail to tell us about the asteroids and stuff that's flying by the Earth that's getting pretty close that's causing problems. They're not just it's not just passing by the Earth that's causing problems, but they're coming through that asteroid belt that surrounds the the inner planets of our solar system and knocking these asteroids around. That's causing them to fly by the Earth, it's causing them to collide with the Earth, causing all these different things to happen. But you see, what we need to realize is what the Bible says about asteroids hitting the Earth that's going to cause a third of the Earth to die, a third of the, the waters to die, a third of the earth to die, a third of the sea creatures to die, and all these different things that's going to happen. And not to mention all the other greater scale things that's, that's coming that people don't want to realize, that people don't want to admit that that's true and admit that's what's coming. <clears throat> but it says, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, okay? And upon the earth, distress of nations. How many sees that today? Distress of nations that's going on. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Um, and all, all this that's going on that's happening where, you know, we got China's mad at the United States, Russia's mad at the United States, Russia's mad at China. Um, Ukraine's having problems with Russia. All these different ones. Israel's having problems with everybody. And it's just all the nations are against each other. And they're, they're clashing against each other. They're not wanting to get along. They're, they're disagreeing on everything. It says, in what's with a perplexity. Nobody even knows the reason why all this started. You can look at it, well, why, why did it start? You know, why did all of a sudden nobody can get along with each other? one is the devil causing problems in the nations and causing problems in the leadership and and stirring all this stuff up. But he's doing it because he's lining everything up for the end time and lining everything up for what's coming. It says, "...and the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken." See, the very powers in the atmosphere... Shall be shaken. The very powers in the heavens, and in the sun, and in the moon, and the stars, all that, everything shall be shaken. Every, everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. From the heavens to the earth to everything that's around us. <clears throat> but you see, when you see these things, like I was telling you about 1948, Israel becoming a nation, and everything that's taken place all down through the years since that happened, and the time that we're coming up on now and seeing all the things that's going on in the world. Seeing all the things that's going on in the, in the sky, and, and the the you know the way the moon's been uh, blood red at times. That's a sign also. The the eclipses that we've had, uh, the signs in the stars and the way the moon is placed in the uh, different in the Virgo and all that and the, the solar system and everything. All these different signs that has taken place are signs for us to realize this one thing. In verse twenty eight, says, and when you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Like I was saying earlier, your redemption is drawing nigh. When you see these things begin to happen, you lift up your heads and you look up, look up to the skies, you look up to the heavens, looking up, looking up for what? Well, you're looking up to the clouds to see when Jesus steps out on that cloud. He's, in Ephesians or in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four sixteen through eighteen, when he steps out on the clouds, that's what we're looking for, and we'll see him as he is because we will be. Met, we will be Made like him to see him as he is. That's that's what we're looking for. See, we're not looking for for Jesus to all of a sudden show up in the temple, because when you see him, and if you see him in the temple, then you're not seeing him. You're seeing the antichrist standing in the temple. We're looking for Jesus to step out on a cloud and to step out there and and blow the trumpet and call the church home. That's what we're looking for. You see, that's how the Bible says he could pull the very elect if it were so possible. Why? Because the very elect knows where Jesus is coming and knows where He's going to step out and call us. You see, He's not going to step foot on the earth yet. He's going to step foot on the earth later at the end of the seven-year tribulation when He steps on the Mount of Olives. But right now, He's going to be stepping out on a cloud. That's what we're looking for. looking for Him to step out on a cloud. Come on, we're looking up. Looking up, lifting up our heads. Looking up for our redemption. Draweth not. Then turn back to 2 Peter again. Keep keep Second Peter marked if you're following me in the Bible, <clears throat> but you see, <clears throat> the thing is, is we have to be prayed up at all times because we don't know what hour he's coming. We don't know what time. All we can all we know is the season, and we know we know that we're in the season right now. Why? Because the signs are here. The signs are here for us to to know that our redemption is drawing nigh. So in considering the fact that we know. Our time is near, or do we know that 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 time of him coming back is near? We are, we know that we're in the season or in the the time that that's going to happen. You see, you got seasons. You got winter. You got summer. You got spring. You got fall. You got all the, the different seasons that come. Well, those seasons, you know that certain things happen in those seasons. We know that summer summer gets hot because it's it's summertime. So the the earth is. Is a little closer to the sun to warm up a little bit. Plus, the the our hemisphere is what's actually closer to the sun, the northern hemisphere or the south, the southern hemisphere. So we know that 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 particular time is summertime. Then as it goes around and then it begins to cool off a little bit, then fall comes. And when fall comes, the leaves begin to change on the trees, and it begins to some of the leaves begin to fall off, and they're preparing for winter time. So everything starts to kind of cool down. And then when our when our hemisphere gets farther away from the sun, then winter comes. So when winter comes, then it, the, we get colder months where, you know, some areas get snow, some areas get ice, some areas just get cold wind and cold weather. Then it eventually it comes back around to springtime, or, yeah, back to springtime, and then it warms up again. But you see, we know that because of the way the earth is. Well, what, that's what God is talking about. You'll know the season. You'll know the time. Right, look up because you know because your redemption is drawing nigh. You'll know when the fig tree is blooming. You know that that uh, harvest is nigh, and different places where he said in the Bible where he spoke about it. But when you see that you're in the time or that you're in the season of it, you know that we're getting close. But you don't know what day or what hour that he's coming. So because of that, and you look at verse ten of Second Peter chapter three, says, but the the day of the Lord. Will come as a thief in the night. See, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You're not going to know when the thief comes. That's why you have to be prepared. You have to be prayed up and make sure that you are ready to go. So when you're looking up because you know that your redemption is drawing nigh, you also have to be prayed up and be ready. Be ready for what? Be ready that when He steps out there, you'll be ready to go and that you're not caught unawares or not caught not prepared or not caught you know, with spotted garments. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Now I want you to think about something here. This passage of Scripture here, if you think about a nuclear holocaust or whatever, and what a nuclear holocaust can do, this is kind of, to me, it kind of worries me a little bit of what's going to happen around the same time that that this happens. It says, "...in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise." A nuclear bomb is a great noise, and the heavens would be basically wiped. So, you have the, the explosion goes out and it pushes everything out and it pulls everything back up in the mushroom cloud. It rolls it up like a scroll. And that's what the Bible speaks of in another area where the heavens rolled up like a scroll. Now, if you think about these guys back in those days looking towards the future and seeing something of that nature, from their knowledge or their point of view of what that would look like, think about what it's saying here. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So every area where a nuclear bomb goes off will burn everything up. and will consume it with fire. So think about what that's saying there. But the thing is, He's going to come in an hour that you know not. So you have to be ready. You have to be prepared for... When he does come, you'll be ready to go, so you're not left behind to suffer the things that's coming after that. So that way you'll be over there in in heaven and be at the marriage supper of the Lamb with the rest of us, the ones that's ready to go, the ones that's prepared themselves, the ones that has their their garments white and are ready and ready to go. Got to be prepared so that you don't miss out on the thief coming in the night. <clears throat> so seeing that all these things, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? see, that's something to think about there. What manner of persons are we to be? If we know these things are coming, if we know these things are going to happen, then what manner of man are we supposed to be? What manner of person should we be? Should Should we be one that's out there always causing trouble and always talking these things, always causing problems and always... Putting off a bad witness to people, or should we be somebody that's putting off a good witness? So when people see us, they see God through us. So think about that. What it's saying there. Should we be sitting there telling people that better times are coming when we know good and well that bad things are coming? When we know good and well that God's fixing to wrap this thing up. When we know good and well that, that there's not a better day coming. There's no way possible for a better day to be coming. I don't care what anybody says. There's the only way that any the only way that things could get better. As it would literally take a miracle from God Himself to change the way things are. But you see, when I read in the Word of God, I know what's coming because I know what's got to happen in order for the Bible to be fulfilled. So in order for the Bible to be fulfilled, I know that, that these things have to take place. That's why Jesus said, fear not. These things must come to pass. In other words, fret not. Don't worry about what's coming. Just have yourself ready so that when I come to take and receive you unto myself, there shall ye be also. You see, when he comes and takes us back with him, we got to be ready for that. Otherwise we're going to miss out. But you see, we have things have to take place, things have to happen in order for the scripture to be fulfilled. So what do we do? Alright, well we'll consider what manner of person should we be, what manner of person should we be? We should be somebody that's prayed up, we should be somebody that's ready, somebody that's, that's witnessing the people and trying to win people to the Lord, trying to incre- increase the kingdom of God. We should be out there telling people the good news. The good news is Jesus is coming back and he's coming back to take us back with him. He's not going to leave us here to suffer all this stuff that's going on with the Antichrist and all these different things. He's coming back to take us back to a glorious place that he has made for us, that he has prepared for us. Come on, he's going to take us back and give us our rewards for the good things, the things that we've done for Him while we're here. You see, that's what we got to be ready for. How do you get ready for that? Well, one, you, you stay prayed up. You pray. You seek God. You seek His face. You don't seek after the worldly things. Instead, seek after God. Seek, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And then all these things, meaning all the things that God knows you need, shall be given unto you. You see, He's going to take care of you. But He wants you to be ready. He wants you to seek after Him. Get strong in the Lord. Get, get prepared in God. Get ready so that when He does come, come on, you be ready and be looking. You be see, you'll see Him when He steps out there. Why? Because you have, you're watching for Him. You're looking for Him to come. So when He steps out there and calls you home, come on, you'll be where He is to be there forevermore. <clears throat> so seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, but seeing then, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, meaning all these things happen, seeing then that all these are going to happen, all these things are going to come to pass. All these things are going. To, everything's gonna to, gonna to take place. It says, "What manner of persons ought ye be? Ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? All holiness, all holy conversation is you're speaking about God. You're talking about God. You're being a witness to people. You're telling them the good news. You're telling them. You're telling them about the Lord. You're telling them about Jesus coming back, and you're telling them that that he that he loves them, that he died for them. Come on, that he hung on the cross for us, that we'd be saved." Come on, that we can be without spot and without blemish. That His blood, His blood is worthy to wash away all the sins that any man could ever commit in this life. Come on, it'll wash anything away, everything away. It'll wash, if you murdered somebody, it'll wash that away. His blood will wash that sin away and it'll make you white as snow. Come on, everything that you could possibly do. The only thing you could do is, is come on, is, is blaspheme the Holy Ghost blaspheme the Holy Ghost, and and that's that's the unforgivable sin. But everything else can be forgiven. But you have to ask. You have to come to the Lord. You see, people have hope. But if we don't tell them about the hope of the Lord, if we don't tell them what the hope is, then they will never know what the hope is. So if we're out there telling them that the hope is a better life now or better things that come, come on and tell them that, that the the economy is going to bounce back and everything's going to be fantastic, regardless of who gets in the White House. I can tell you right now, it will take a miracle from God Himself for the economy to bounce back from what it's at, what it's going to. It's done past that point. Okay, so considering that and thinking about that, what hope would they have if you tell them something like that that? Come on, that's going to happen. Instead, tell them about the one that can save their soul. Tell them about the one that can wash their sins away. Come on, the one that can give them eternal life. The one that can give them a time, a glorious time, and a glorious home in heaven. That's what we need to be telling them about. Not giving them a false hope, but giving them the true hope. Come on, the one that the hope is all about. Our hope is in the Lord. And without that, there is no hope. And then back over to Matthew 6, verse 33. See, it says in verse 32, it says, For for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye need of all these things. See, God knows that we're in need of all these things. Everything that we need, God already knows that. He knows everything that we could possibly need. But in verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. What's his righteousness? That means that's where your 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 where your robes are spotless. Come on, the righteousness of God is a spot as a spotless robe, a robe without spot or without blemish. Like the title says tonight, without being found, without spot or blemish. The righteousness of God is when you seek after him, come on, you find that place in him to where you are sin free, you without sin. Come on to where you where you be be holy. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not here on this earth. The kingdom of God, come on, is where God is. That's in, that's heaven. That's where God is. We need to seek after Him. Seek for Him. Look for Him. How do you look for God? You seek His face. When you seek His face in your prayer closet, you seek His face studying the Scriptures. Come on, you study the Word. Study the Scriptures. Because in them you find eternal life. You don't find eternal life out here in the world somewhere. You don't find eternal life... Just by listening to a preacher. Come when you find eternal life by studying the scripture, seeking him and looking him in the word. Come when you look in the word of God, you study it for yourself. Don't just listen to the preacher, you gotta dig in the word for yourself. There's a lot of preachers out there that tell you don't look what the word don't look into your Bible, just listen to what I'm telling you. But that's not biblical. Biblical thing is study to show yourself approved, that a workman be not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth—that's for everybody, because we all are workmen. For workmen, we all work for God. Every one of us, and every one of us, has to study His word to show ourselves approved. That a workman be not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to know the word of God, regardless of whether we're a preacher, regardless of whether you get on Facebook preaching a word, or regardless of whether you're a pastor of a church, or regardless of whether you're just somebody that sits on the pew and just warming the seat. Or somebody, that, you know, somebody one of the prayer warriors in the church or a worship leader. Whatever you may be. Even the person carrying around the offering plate, gathering up the offering for the church. Regardless of what you are. Whether you're a door greeter. Okay, whether you're just somebody that's saved and goes to church but doesn't do anything in the church. But you're out on the job where you could be witnessing to people and telling people about God. People that your church might not never reach Nobody ever sees anybody in your church. But instead, you have that ability to reach that person because you work with that person every day. So you have to tell them about God. You see, you are a workman. So in order to be a workman, if you're asked a question, they can stun you with a question because you're not knowing what the Word of God says to give them the correct answer for that question. So thus you have to study to show yourself approved. Okay, That a workman be not ashamed so that when they ask you a question and you don't know what the answer is, you would be ashamed that you don't know the answer. You see, you're supposed to, well, you're supposed to know the Word of God. How can you not answer the question if you're supposed to be, you know, know the Word of God? So now you're ashamed because you don't know the Word of God. But if you know the Word of God, if you study to show yourself prove that a workman be not ashamed, you can rightly divide the Word of truth. So when you're asked a question, then you can answer that question correctly, biblically, with the right answer what, what the Bible says. So for a preacher to get up there and tell you, don't open the Word of God, just listen to what I'm telling you. Come on, he's telling you something that ain't right. And you ever all of a sudden get questioned by somebody that's a backslider, somebody that was at one time in church and living for God and knows what the Word of God says and he comes to you and asks you a question, you might, if you would have studied, have that answer that could have changed that person's life and turned them back to God But because you don't know the Word because you listened to somebody telling you not to study. (laughs) Not to read the word, just listen to what he has to say. Then you get the wrong answer. You see, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. But you, not just me, you, each and every person that's watching this, each each and every person out there, has to do it themselves as well. They have to study the word of God. They have to read this book because in this book you find eternal life. You find life in this book. Is that you know what that te- you know what that said? What that means? In this book you find life you find eternal life so study the word Alright? right pray seek god's face he said seek the kingdom of god in other words you're looking you're trying to find that you're trying to find the kingdom of god well how do you do that well the flesh can't step out of this life into the into eternity this the flesh can't step out of here into heaven no, but the spirit man that's inside of here seeking after God—that that's its desire. It wants to seek after God. So when you're seeking the kingdom of God, you're trying, you're feeding that spirit man, you're building that spirit man up because you're building the kingdom up inside of you. You're building the kingdom of God. You're building His temple up inside of you. You're, you're you're seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So the more, the closer you get to God, the more you're, the more that you seek Him, the more that you seek His righteousness. You know, the, the kingdom the more righteous that you will get. Why is that? Because the more you seek Him, the more you want Him. The more you want Him, the more you desire Him. So the more that you desire Him, the more you're going to want to be like Him. So if you want to be like Him, then you're not going to want to do anything to hurt Him because you love Him. So if you don't do anything to hurt God, then that means that you are getting closer to God, so thus you are gaining more righteousness of God. You're becoming more righteous like God. So now look at this. Now when you do all these things... When you seek after the kingdom of God, then all these things that's happening in the world, you're not going to fret about it. You're not going to worry about it. because Why? Because you know that the more this climax is up in the world and the way that it's going, then you know that you're getting one day closer to Jesus stepping out on a cloud and calling you home, calling you to where He is, so that where He is you may be also. You see? You catch that. So that the deeper and closer that you get to God and the deeper that relationship gets, Then the more you're going to, the more you're going to be, um, the more you're going to worry less about what's happening here and look more to being prepared to go. And you'll also you'll want to bring more people in. You want to to witness more to other people and let people know what's coming and let them know so they can be prepared. But you see, it's it it works. It not it not just works for you, but it also works for the people around you. Because the closer you get to God, the better witness you are to the people around you. So they'll more desire what you want, what you have. They'll they'll want more and desire more what you got. You see, that's that's the way that works. So also they'll feel God when you get around when you get around them. They'll feel the presence of the Lord, especially if they have any knowledge of what the presence of the Lord ever felt like. Then when they get around you and you get strong enough to the Lord in the Lord and they'll begin to feel the presence of God around you now turning back over to second Peter again second Peter chapter 3 verses 13 and 14. remember what I said a minute ago what I said a little bit ago about what manner of persons ought we to be okay verse 13 says nevertheless we According to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. You see, the people that knows God, the people that knows the Scripture, and that knows what's coming, we're not looking for a better place now. We're not looking for a better time now. We're not looking for something better here. Instead, we're looking to what's coming. We're looking to the world that's coming. So, in that saying that, according to His promise, look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In other words, no more sin. It's all righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. It's a sin-free world. It's a sin-free of, a sin-free environment. That's what we're looking for. A new heaven and a new earth. See, we're not making our home permanently now and here. In other words, we're looking for the new he- the new kingdom, the new heaven and a new earth. That's what we're looking for. It says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him okay be diligent what does that mean that means being being diligent in other words you're ever striving for that level of perfection that God is calling you to so you're diligent you're working hard and working striving to get there you're striving to make it you're pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus you're ever pushing and pressing to get to that level of perfection in other words that's what diligent means you're not giving up you're keeping going and you're gaining ground. You're not losing ground. You're gaining ground. So you're, you're pressing towards the, You're pressing on. You keep pushing. Keep moving. No matter how hard the enemy comes against you and, sl- and hammers you and fights against you, you keep pushing. You keep pressing. You overcome. You overcome him. You put him under your feet and you keep on going. You see, you overcome. You're made an overcomer by the word of your testimony. But you also, it's not just the word of your testimony. You have to have that testimony. So in order to have that testimony, you have to keep pushing keep pressing and keep striving to get there so it says be diligent that you may be found of him see found of god found of the lord in peace meaning you have god's peace you're found of him and you're found of him and you're in peace because of without spot and blameless without spot and blameless so you're found of him without spot and blameless how do you how are you without spot and blameless by his blood You have to have His blood covering your life. You have to be prayed up. You have to be prayed through. So if you have have the blood of Jesus covering your sins and covering your life, okay, then you are spotless and blameless. Why? Because His blood sets you free. His blood redeems you back to Him. So when He covers you with His blood and He looks to you, He doesn't see your faults. He doesn't see your sins of the past. He doesn't see any spots. He doesn't see any blame. All He sees is His blood and His forgiveness on your life. When his blood's covering your life, he sees his what he did for you. He's reminded of what of him dying on the cross for your sins to cover your sins. So now he sees the blood instead of seeing your faults, instead of seeing your your blame, and all, and everything. See, they would put the blood over the top of the mercy seat in the temple and in the tabernacle. That blood was the blood of a lamb that was slain At once a year on the day of atonement. That blood was that blood was shed. And is placed on the mercy seat and in in, on the ark of the covenant inside the temple or the tabernacle to cover the, the broken tablets of stone to cover the tablets of stone man you know the law that man couldn't ever keep and the complaining against complaining and moaning and griping against the leadership that God has over us and all the different things that man the complaining of God's of God's provision and everything and how man didn't want nothing to do with God they wanted everything themselves. But when God would look down, He would see the blood instead of seeing their faults and their sins and their blame. But that sin wasn't worthy enough to cover the sins of all humanity from that day to now. But when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago for our sins, He shed every drop of His blood. He went into heaven, into the throne room of God, and He sprinkled His blood on the mercy seat in heaven. There were when God would look down to that mercy seat, He would be reminded of what He did, and He would see the blood that that He shed for us to cover our sins but if you don't have that blood covering your life tonight then when God looks at you He sees your sin when He looks at you He sees this, the blame He sees the spots He sees that everything bad that you have done in your life but if you don't have the blood of Jesus covering your life then you are not bought of Him but He paid a price 2,000 years ago and bought you with every drop of His blood and all you have to do is turn to Him and receive that and say Lord forgive me Lord change me Make me a new creature in you. I surrender my life to you, God. I surrender myself to you, Lord. Use me, God. I'm a willing vessel for you to use. But you see, He died for you so that He could cover your sins with His blood. That's what He did for you. That's how much He loved you. That's how much He loves each and every one of us. But you see, we have to turn to Him. But to to be found spotless and found blameless, you have to have His blood covering your life. That's something we have to always strive for. We have to keep ourselves under the blood. Plead the blood over lives, over our lives. Plead the blood over our children's lives. Plead the blood over our loved ones' lives, over our neighbors' lives. And ask God to deal with their hearts and turn them back to Him. Turn, turn their lives around. Deal with their hearts and save them. Ask God to save them. Ask God to deal with them. Ask God to come on. You go, to the, you go to bat for them. You stand in the hedge for them, so that when God, come on, God, will have mercy on them in a time when they need mercy. And he'll, look, he'll, he'll deal with our hearts. But you see, verse 18, He says to, to grow in grace. To grow in grace. What's grace mean? What does growing in grace mean? Growing in grace means that you're growing and doing what God wants you to do. You're allowing Him to lead God and direct your footsteps. That's what grace means. It's allowing God to lead you and guide you and direct you to where you make the right decisions. You'll do the, the right thing. Grow in that, grow in grace, grow in the uh, to where you can see where God is leading you, and get to the level to where you'll know when He's leading you to deal with somebody, or leading you to talk to somebody, or leading you away from something that you don't need to be getting around. Grow in that grace, grow and know. Come on, learn to know when God's speaking to you and dealing with you to do something. And in the knowledge, remember what I said about studying the Word of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the Lord ask God to open his word up to you and give you a revelation give you a deeper understanding of his word so you'll know so also you can get that word inside of you like David said I have hidden your word in my heart so that I shall not sin against you but also not just to keep you from sinning against God but also to where when you need to give somebody a word of advice or when somebody comes up and asks you something about the Bible ask you something about God ask you something about a need in their life You'll have that answer to give them instead of saying, well hold on, give me some time here to look and see what I need to tell you. Because I don't know what the word says. That's more or less what you tell them when you don't know what the word of God says. But you see, we have to get this in our hearts so we'll know when they ask us, when they come up and ask us a question. Come on, I have areas in my life where I need to improve as well. You know, we all do. We all need to improve. But we all need to dig deeper. We all need to come on. We all need to work harder. We all need to strive a little harder and work harder to reach that level of perfection to find that righteousness of God and to find His face and to seek His face. But you see, in order to get to where you know that everything's going to be alright because God's in control, and you'll know that to keep your eyes on that eastern sky, you have to get closer to God and study the Word. Come on, dig in there and seek His face. seek Seek His righteousness. So if I could tell you anything tonight out of this whole message, come on, be found of Him without spot or blemish by getting close enough to God. Come on, to where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when He calls your number, you'll be ready to go. That you'll be ready to stand over and be in glory with with God. Be in heaven with God. But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and His righteousness. And all your needs shall be supplied unto you. But don't fall to the, to the deception and to the lies out there. That's one of the first things in Matthew chapter 24 when he begins to speak of the end times. Don't fall to the deception. Don't be deceived. Be not deceived for what's coming because people are coming in God's name saying they're a Christian. They come saying, claiming the name of Jesus and saying that they're, uh, come on, that they're a believer in Jesus, saying that, that they're teaching the Word of God, but they're teaching lies and hypocrisy because they don't know who God is. They're not really who they say they are. There's a lot of people in this day and in this time that's out there right now that are doing that. And we need to be prepared. Come on and know the voice of God and know the Word of God to know that we are being taught the truth. We have to be in the truth. We have to know what the truth says. You can't be in the truth if you don't know what the truth is. So you have to study to show yourself approved. Come on, that that you'll know what God is saying. That you'll know that you're being taught the right thing. I have somebody I want to pray for tonight that's got a test coming tomorrow um, getting a heart cath and I've seen, I seen—I believe I've seen her watching here tonight and I'm talking about Edith Edith Caperton, that's my wife's aunt that lives up in Georgia and uh, she got uh, she got to go see the doctor tomorrow and, and um, I want a good report I want to hear a good report I want to hear that God's touched her and that God's healed her and gives her a miracle because I believe God's still in the miracle working business and I want to pray for her tonight Because I'm not up there where I can lay hands on her. How many knows God can reach across the, He can reach across the ways and across the miles and touch somebody. Come on, if we ask Him and believe. So anybody on here that that believes in miracles and believe God can touch her and heal her and give her a miracle tonight, I want you to pray with me as I pray for her. So just uh, touch heaven for tonight with me as I pray. Lord Jesus, God, you see Edith Caperton, Lord, where she's sitting at up here in Georgia, Lord God. Lord, watching this video, Lord Jesus. God, I feel your presence in here, Lord. I can feel you right now, Lord God. Just your, your awesome anointing and power running up and down my spine, Lord. I can feel you right now, Lord Jesus. God, I ask you, Lord, to reach to her, Lord, where she's sitting at, watching this, Lord God. and ask you, Lord, to, to place your hand on her head, Lord, and touch her, Lord God, and just run through her entire body, Lord, through her blood vessels, through her blood veins, Lord God, her arteries, Lord, and her heart. And, Lord, give her a miracle right now where she's sitting at, Lord, with your healing virtue, Lord God. This little prophetess, Lord, that's sitting there, Lord, I ask you, God, to heal her body, Lord, and give her a miracle, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're still in the miracle working business, God, and I believe, Lord, 100%, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord God, that you can do it, and that you can touch her, Lord, even from here, Lord Jesus, and, and heal her body, Lord, on a miraculous level, Lord God. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch her, Lord, and move, Lord God, on her behalf, Lord Jesus. God, she's, hallelujah. Lord, she's a... She's one of your children, Lord God. Lord, one of yours, Lord Jesus, that you suffered at the whipping post, Lord God. Every stripe on your back and every stripe on your body, Lord, that you suffered from that cat of nine tails, Lord, at the whipping post of them Romans, Lord Jesus. You said in your word twice, Lord God. You said one time, Lord, that that by your stripes we are healed, Lord, and you said in the the other time, Lord, that by your stripes we were healed, Lord Jesus. That's then and now, Lord God, even to today, even to the future, Lord. And to the future, Lord Jesus, as any time from this time forward, but when we step in it, Lord, it it's means now, Lord Jesus. So you said we were healed and we are healed, meaning even today, even right this very minute, Lord, them stripes that you suffered, Lord Jesus. And God, I ask you, Lord, to fulfill your word right now, Lord, for Edith Caperton, Lord, where she's at, Lord Jesus. God, I ask you, Lord, not, let, not to let any blockages be anywhere in her arteries, Lord God and her heart to be perfect, Lord, and be just like, just like it was, Lord, when you, when you formed her in her mother's womb, Lord Jesus. Give her a miracle right now, Lord God, a brand new heart, Lord, and clean arteries, Lord Jesus, and a clean bill of health, Lord God. So when the doctors do that test tomorrow, Lord Jesus, that they'll be baffled, Lord, and, and, and astounded, Lord Jesus, and not have a clue, but can't say any other thing, but it had to have been God Almighty Himself that touched her and healed her body, Lord. God, I thank you for it, Jesus, and I praise you for it, Lord God. And Lord, I receive this for her, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you, Lord. And I know, Lord Jesus, that she'll give you honor and praise for it, Lord. And Lord, you're awesome and wonderful, Lord God, and I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this tonight, and, um, and everything, and, and, uh, so, I hope this helps you. Just remember one thing. Regardless of what happens in this world, that you are a child of God and He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be with you even unto the end of the world. That's a promise by Him that He said in His Word, He'll never leave us and never forsake us. He'll be with us even unto the very end of this thing. So unto the very end, as long as you keep God in your sights and you keep seeking after Him, come on, you keep pressing towards that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and never giving up and keep going, keep moving forward. Well, God will not forsake you, He will not leave you. And if you don't know Him tonight, then I ask you tonight, please turn to Jesus. Hit your knees where you're at and ask Him, seek His face, and ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to come into your heart and life and ask Him to change you. And allow Him ask Him to change your life and be willing to surrender to Him. You have to surrender to the Lord. I ask you to do that tonight if you haven't done it. I love you guys, and I hope this, like I said, I hope this helped you. And uh, and I'll see you guys next time. I'll be back on here, if not a second time this week, I'll be back on next week. So, uh, but definitely once a week, I'm gonna try for twice a, twice a week if I can. So I know um, we're getting closer to wrapping this thing up, and um, so we need all the help we can get, including me. So thank you for watching. God bless.